Get that hit up, bug. Gang, gang. Yeah, bud. Friends to the Joe Blow Horror Show, where we discuss, rate, review, and break down horror movies, not horror films. That's you, horror, not horror, Drunk Darius. Oh, whores? Horror, horror films. I love horror. Horror films. Oh, I love horrors, too. I am Boss Tuna. With me, as always, is the... Your boy Darius, son. Your boy Drunk Darius. <laughs> rocking the... Rocking the... I can't read that backwards. Looks like Don... Don Vito. Uh, Donegal Racing. Donegal Racing. The Kentucky Derby's coming Never out. heard of her. Episode 18, ladies and gentlemen, we welcome you back to the show. If you can't tell, we're at a NASCAR race right now. Yeah. Yeah. That was bad. Jeff Gordon gave us a yeah, bud, as he was whipping around the track on that one. Yeah. All right. Today's tonight's episode, we're going to cover Cape Fear and the Devil's Candy. Yep. The discussion topic we have is real life supernatural? Question mark. Is it super or is it natural? All natural. I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. Just a little stitious. I'm the hockey player. I should be the superstitious one. Whatever. You you cut your mullet. It's over. I did. Chop the salad. Yeah. Dislocated my finger last... Uh, That's what happens, bro. Yeah, I know. Should have kept it. Yep. Wearing a splint now. It's weird. I think it was messed up last time we... No, it didn't. It was right after we recorded. Uh, it's like you're trying to finger me through the air, I feel yeah. like. Stop. Put it down. I can't It's can't disturbing. It. It's disturbing. It. The splint I'm in, is, it smells like shit, too. It's oddly suggestive. I'm just saying that. It, it does, yeah. It looks like I'm <laughs> giving the... What do they call that? The, One in the pink. <laughs> to Two something or another. <laughs> the shocker. Yeah. It was messed up. Out of all my years playing hockey, that's never happened to me. I don't even know what happened. I pulled my glove off and my middle finger was pointing sideways. And in a panic, I like grabbed it and reset it. I know what happened. I, yeah. <laughs> it's old age. Yeah, I know, right? That's what my wife says. She doesn't need to hang it up. One time I broke my finger and my mom told me it was just jammed and the pull on it. So I yanked it oh. for like three weeks and it never healed. So we went to the doctor and it they're like, was, yeah, you should have came in three weeks ago. <laughs> I told you, mom. But well, now I got a crooked finger whatever. I wish it was only just dislocated, but when it popped out a joint, 
So you know how you've got your main tendon that runs the whole length of your middle finger? Oh, yeah. I know science. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that yeah. extensor of, I don't know. Let's, let's get a doctor in here. But anyways, there's little tendons or something that go across sideways. Yeah. So I got back to the bench yeah. and I went to make a fist and I could see that main tendon. It like flopped off of my knuckle in oh, between God. my ring finger and my middle knuckle. And I was like, oh, that doesn't look right. And I straightened it back out and it popped back in and it hurt like a mother. And I was like, I thought my eyes were deceiving me. So I gave it like another couple seconds and I made a fist again and I watched that tendon funk, flop out in between my knuckles. I was like, okay, I'm done. Uh, 10 star rating. What do you give this injury? Uh, I'm only, well. We'll give it a 3 out of 10. Maybe. Yeah, it's, 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 I got to wear this for another like three weeks and then I'll be good. Well, hopefully. Okay. They're saying surgery is the only, the best bet. I was like, I don't need to get cut up again. So, right on. We'll see. In the middle of playoffs. Let's get into it. You know what I like about you, Boss Tuna? Uh, everything, drunk Darius. Nothing, man. Nothing. <laughs> hey, at least you're honest. Word. Let's uh, talk about this beer we got going on. Why don't you introduce it? You bought it. Uh, we are drinking beer. From uh, Crowler, if you guys don't know what that is, it's like a jug from 1927. Uh, well, it's what um, Peter Dinklage carries around in Game of Thrones. Shout out, because that shit starts tomorrow night. People don't know what that is. Game of Thrones? No one watches No one's that. ever heard of that. I think we're like the only ones. I've never seen it. Oh, you are... I will like, never watch one it one of either. a kind. Fuck you guys. One Fight of a me. goddamn kind. Fight me. Well, cheers on that. Here's cheers to episode 18, trucking along. Cheers to some all-day IPA. Clink. We're drinking out of the Red Solos tonight, so there's no cool clinking sounds. But what's your uh, impressions of it? Uh, it tastes like um, like an IPA beer from America, so it's pretty good. Oh, I'm not I'm not that much of a fan, to tell you the truth. Yeah, it's a little bitter. I don't mind a bitter IPA, but it's got to have that citrusy punch in the beginning. This is kind of mild. I'm not really yeah. a fan. Okay. But it's All Day IPA by Founders Brewery. If you guys want to follow me on Untapped, it's Boss Tuna. I'm going to check us in here, and I'll post actually a picture so you guys can see what this looks like in our cheaply made garage setup that is still not done. I got to get drunk Darius in here to help me hang drywall and shit. Dude, you've been saying that for like a year. I know. I've, I'm pretty sure our first episode we did like last July or September, we were talking about it. We need to get some like Motley Crue posters in here. Oh, man. I just need to have fucking hands that work and can do that shit. That's you're, my excuse. You're old. <laughs> That's all. Go on. What's So what's Onward. new with, with you, drunk Darius? I know. I'm excited. We I saw... Um, us earlier this week drunk Darius saw it today today which is not sad for a grown man to go to a movie by himself I don't care what you guys are saying it's not sad I go to them all the time my wife goes to a movie with me a horror movie with me once a year and it's on my birthday which is is in two weeks so I'm trying to figure out which movie I'm going to take her to it might be Pet Cemetery. you gotta see Pet Cemetery. I want to see it too yeah yeah Maybe I won't go with us. you. I'm going to go by myself, but we'll go to like, the same yeah, one Yeah, you can just sit time. like two rows behind yeah, us or so something. We're not the same one. Or maybe one more. row behind us and I can like hand the popcorn back to you. Or yeah, that would like be that. cool. I got nachos, which is a mistake because 
you're crunching on loud chips. Oh, man. <laughs> so, like, I didn't even finish half of them because it was too quiet. If you were that guy, like, previews. if I was watching uh, uh, A Quiet Place and you were in there crunching on nachos, I think I'd bitch slap the shit out of you. I was I was eating them during the previews, like, during the loud parts, like, and they go quiet, like, halfway through my bite, like, Sitting with like big chunks of chips in your mouth. Yes, and then wait till it got loud again, and then I continued Chunk crunching. And I threw away half of them because I stopped eating them after the movie started. Oh, what a waste! I know. I wanted to get BK, but the exit was closed for the movie theater, so I was late to the movie theater, so I didn't get that BK lounge. Oh man! I know. Everyone wants to hear about my just roll troubles. up with a bunch of <clears throat> rodeo burgers in your pockets, like the dude from uh, The Longest Yard. Yeah, you don't want a burger. I wanted to get that vegan burger they're putting out. Are you serious? <laughs> I, I I mean I I'm more. Are you serious that Burger King has a fucking vegan burger? Because that just is ridiculous. What's it called? It's a I forget what it's called. Anyways, a Whopper Gay. Whatever. No, yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh man, no, I'm kind of a prima donna when it comes to my movie experiences. Because if I'm gonna spend, you know, that much money watching a movie i don't want it to get ruined by douchebags and i went to see us it was in between appointments uh for work so i think i went to like the one o'clock show or something so of course i get in there and um i was there a little early and i'm the only one in and like two minutes before the movie starts two separate couples walk in and they're older couples and they have the whole fucking theater they sit right next to you and this couple sits not in my row but they sit one row in front of me and over like one seat and it's one of those where that that dumb fucking oh, I don't want to goddamn older woman sitting there like whispering the whole time like oh my gosh what's gonna happen oh don't do that oh what is this oh Bob did you see I, I, I was about ready to lose my shit that's why you get popcorn so you have projectiles to throw oh, at man. people no I um after the first like probably 10 minutes I just got up and I moved back like two rows. So I was like, fucking dumb bitch. That pissed me off. All right. A little snowflake. Eh? Huh? Oh, I was, All I, right. I like, I like the whole, there's a reason they call it the theater experience and I don't want it to be remembered by some fucking lady chuck chatting the whole time. At least she wasn't eating nachos. Yeah. All right, let's get it. She wasn't eating nachos. Well, the all day IPA by Founders Brewery out of Michigan. I'll read you guys the, the little snippet on untapped satisfies your taste while keeping your senses sharp brewed with a complex array of ingredients ballast for optimal aromatics and a clean finish. I don't really like it that much. Okay. I'm going to rate it on untapped, but edit out that burp. Hey, you know what? It's a beer burp. What do you, what do you think I should give this out of five? Uh, 2.5. That's where I had the slider at. Sitting on 2.5 there, bird. All right. Um, do you have anything else before we hop into the horror happenings? Uh, I was hate crimed against earlier, but I don't want to talk about that right now. Let's, let's get into All right, let's get into horror happenings. Horror happenings. All right. Mr. Drunk Darius, I'm going to let you go first while I um, check in on Untapped. Okay, so Disney recently bought Fox movies. Yep. I think Fox, the 
the news channels gonna be their own thing still. But Disney bought Fox, and they announced they're gonna keep the Alien series going. So Disney's oh, nice. gonna keep putting out Alien movies. So we got Poltergeist, not Poltergeist, uh, Prometheus. Yep. And all the aliens. I don't know. I I haven't seen the new one. Have you seen it? Uh, is is Co- Covenant? Alien Covenant. Yeah, I have, yeah. I, I love all the Alien it. movies. I've seen them all. I was I wanted to do it for an old movie, but it's a series. I can't do it. But I have not seen any of them. Yeah, I've seen Species. You want to go again? Um. Well, on that same note, I have kind of a correction. I guess my fault from last uh, episode. You were talking about something with the um, alien. Um, I forgot what your news thing was last week, but you were talking about how there was like a movie or something, an alien movie. Um, and I said, no, it was a play. Well, both were correct, but uh, oh, it's yeah. 40, yeah, it's the 40th anniversary of Alien. So there was a high school that actually did um, like a live action play right? Uh, in you know, memory or whatever. Of the 40th anniversary, but also homage, homage, yes, homage. Um, but also there's, um, there's there's a lot of shorts that are people are coming out. So I saw this uh, the other day while I was scrolling through some news. Um, there's 40th anniversary alien shorts. I saw two of them. They're both about nine and a half minutes long, and I recommend them. Uh, one's called Alien uh, Containment, and the other one's called Alien Night Shift. Both are really good, but the containment one, I would say, is excellent. That is it just like uh, amateurs making this shit? Yeah, yeah. There's there's amateurs, and then there's, uh, I think the I think the containment one was put out. That was, I didn't really do any research on it, but I think that was, um, I think that was done by Fox or someone yeah. affiliated with it. But the Night Shift one was more of like an amateur one. But both, I mean, the production quality was pretty impressive with both of them. Um, but the, the containment one is the first one I saw. That one was really impressive. So I would strongly recommend checking it out. Both are alien shorts. They're free online. Check them out on YouTube. Alien containment and alien night shift. Both are very good. So what do you got? All right. What I almost said earlier is Poltergeist. Yes. Remaking it again. And they're getting the guys. Without Sam Rockwell. (laughs) He was in the last one. Yeah. But they're getting the guys from uh, that made the new pet cemetery. Some twins or brothers, Russo brothers. The Russo brothers. Yeah, I don't know who they are, but apparently the new pet cemetery is getting good reviews. So they're remaking the Poltergeist with these same guys. Nice. Yeah, I mean we'll see. I guess pet cemetery is good, but I haven't seen it yet. The original one scared the fuck out of me, and yeah, terrified scared the fuck out of me. No, it's not the same thing, but it's the same element. Yeah. yeah. I'll be seeing Pet Cemetery in the theater. So. For sure. Yeah. Oh, well, it's just a matter of time. It's probably going to be in the theater for another couple of weeks as of today. So, uh, Another thing I saw, I'm obviously a huge zombie fan. I love anything Walking Dead. AMC is doing a third Walking Dead series, which is featuring young female protagonists, which, you know, I'm, I'm happy for... Young female, or wait, wait, that sounded really bad. I'm happy for another Walking Dead show, but when I read Young Female Protagonists, I'm like, wow, AMC is just fucking eating all that bullshit up. 
hey, look what I'm doing. Look what we're doing. Oh, featuring, you know, which oh, is great. I, I mean, mean, what horror movies have been having young female protagonists oh, since? Right, but this article forever. was spun at, um, basically, they're trying to monopolize on the whole, you know, women's, right. what do you call that? Me, 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 me too. Me too. Not the even. hashtag me too yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. So the whole article, and they made it sound like that they're just money grabbing off of that. Right, social movement. That's the title, I mean. probably. Which so. just pissed me off. Yeah. I'm like, why don't you just fucking focus on just putting a out movie. a good show or series or whatever, yeah. and not try to spin it and advertise it. And you know, I mean, obviously, it's probably smart on their end because they're they're going to get um, the social you know, justice points. Well, yeah, they'll, they'll get they'll get a lot of of uh, you know publicity from it, I guess. But it's just kind of sad that that's what we've resorted to. Is you well, know, maybe one day it won't even be a big deal like oh it's I mean, not it's a big not a deal big, it's already. not a big deal but it's just it's it's just annoying that all these things like hey check out our show because we have we're progressive you know, yeah we're progressive we have you know two gay female leads and you know all this kind of stuff in there and i'm like you know that's great throw it in there but don't, don't try make to a sit big there deal about and, it like yeah it, what was me kind of yeah so i just hope that they're able to focus on putting out a good show and they don't let um, you know, it reminds me of PC principle, you know, the yeah. South Park guys, you know, making fun of all that kind of stuff. That's what it reminds me of is, is them, yeah, I don't know, exploiting the, the culture, social today. norms. And, yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. They, I, I like all the walking dead, even the new ones and, uh, the new episodes and the fear of the walking dead. So, you know, I'll probably like see uh, uh, zombies in it, but. black summer on Netflix. Uh, it is. Okay. So it's funny you, you bring that, that up. Or? Um, I didn't have that down as new thing because I finished. So as you know, the power went out around here, uh, today, right when I was yeah, like, someone cut last, a tree down on a power line. Yeah. Or something. Put that fucking idiot in jail. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But still, you're an idiot. I know who it was. Oh, you do, huh? I know someone who knows who it was. <laughs> Ooh. Um, anyways, so I had like a half hour left of, uh, or 40 minutes left of The Devil's Candy to watch, and the power goes out. I'm like, oh, great. And uh, I and forgot. Then, like I weird things start happening around your house. No. Like I, doors were opening by themselves, and like a little girl ran out. Just happened to be your daughter, but it's still kind of creepy. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was, I was, I, I had to work half a day and I came home. I, for, I completely forgot where I was going with this. That's okay. Yeah. Ah, fuck it. I talked too much. About uh, it anyways, so. <laughs> like, uh, quiet place sequel. Oh, you're talking about the black summer. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I finished up, um, devil's candy right before you came over and I went in the kitchen to get another beer and I see on the TV in the background that the preview was playing. I was like, Oh shit. That was my first, the first time I ever saw it was like an hour ago. It so looks I'm a super lot, pumped. Kind of like a Walking Dead. I haven't seen yeah. it yet. It's, it's going to be awesome. Been it out was like a week. Jacked up for. So, anyways, uh, a Quiet Place sequel? Yeah, Quiet Place sequel is coming out and then got, um, oh, I can't even, Cillian Murphy. Killian. Killian Murphy. Yes. Yeah, the dude from Peaky Blinders is going to no, be. He's in the it. dude from 28 Days Later. Well, I know him from Peaky Blinders. All right. And 28 Days Later, but I didn't realize he was from. How was him actually? Now that really? you said that, oh. uh, but yeah, and I'm assuming he's gonna replace Jim. 
John Krasinski. Did they have Krasinski. any kind of storyline or anything? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I think they just signed him on. But they need a male protagonist now after the end of A Quiet Place. So we'll see how it goes. I like sequels. Yeah. I like it. If it's a good storyline, I like it. They just keep it going. That's I don't. So I don't care how many Halloweens they make or Friday the 13th. Yeah. Even, even the bad ones are good. Yes. Kind of thing. So. Oh, also... That reminds me, I randomly came across the next um, Zombie Gem of the Week, and I cannot wait until that segment rolls around again. Oh, God, I forgot about that segment. So we can watch this fucking movie, because I've never seen it or heard of it. I just randomly came across it, and I just know it's so bad, it's going to be good. So Awesome. What do you got? I have one more. Two more. One more, two more. The... Have you seen anything on the new AMC series Nosferatu? I feel like I heard about it. Is Jordan Peele doing it? No, he's doing the Twilight Zone. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I don't know. Someone big is doing it, I think. Um, I don't know if there's an actual trailer yet, but it's it's cool because it's Nosferatu. It looks like a license plate. It's N-O-S, the number four, then A, then two. It's coming out June 2nd. And I guess I didn't see any trailers or anything on it. I wouldn't watch it anyways. But what I read was a seductive immortal who feeds off souls of children then deposits what is left of them into Christmas land. Man, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So obviously Nosferatu, is as like far as I know, is a vampire. But The original vampire. The original, people yeah. don't know. Yeah. So check that out. Coming it's probably going to be around Christmas time. I bet they release it. Like I just a, said June 2nd, drunk Darius. Oh, damn. Jesus. We said it's like Christmas time. No, it's well, he right deposits right. what's left of them into Christmas land, whatever that means. I got um, nothing. You're all done? Yeah, I got a discussion topic on my notes. <laughs> all right. The uh, last thing I have is there's a new trailer for or a trailer for the new Annabelle movie. Have you seen it? No, I didn't know they're coming out with one. Well, they are, and there's a trailer out. I still haven't seen the first or the second one, so definitely ain't gonna watch that. Mm-mm. But I have, I have, I want to say Annabelle and Annabelle Creations, so I just have to watch those and get caught up a little bit. But I, saw, I know people like them. I saw some trailers for movies when I went to see us. Yeah, the one were, was uh, the zombie movie with Bill Murray. Oh, yes. I did have that written down somewhere. It's kind of like, it seems kind of like in the Hot Fuzz type It looks comedy. hilarious. Or not Hot Fuzz. Well, Hot Fuzz, but Shaun of the Dead yeah. type. It does look pretty funny. And there was another movie by Juan, James Juan, is that his name? The dude that did Annabelle in yeah. The Conjuring. James, James Wan is a It was like the curse of Lola Jones or something. It looked okay. I did have one more. I forgot. I read... I, I don't... I think I... I read this on some news site. Not not an average horror news site I, I go across. And it's kind of not really horror news, but I thought it was hilarious. There is a millionaire that is trying to set up a real-life battle royale on a private island. He wants to get 100 people um, to do it i guess where do i sign up it's an unnamed investor so the way the article titled made it sound like it was like 
uh, for real. He wanted people to go in and kill each other. This is a movie already. Have you seen no, this, this movie? No, this isn't. What movie? Oh, yeah. I don't forget what it's called. It's called Surviving the Game. The, with Ice T, right? Maybe, maybe. I think it has. Or else, Condemned is is the newer one. With, I think uh, it's like Stone Cold Steve yeah, Austin. Yeah, I think it's called Condemned. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. No, this this one. When I first read the title, it made it sound like it was for real. I was like, "What? That can't happen." But no, he he just wants um, them to use airsoft guns and some like high tech like like body art or quote unquote body armor that's touch that, sensitive and all so that. So if you get shot it'll sensor yeah, it. Yeah. That's kinda cool. But oh, it'd be yeah. expensive as fuck. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know if he would pay people to do it or if you'd have to pay, but he's he's a millionaire that's wants to stay anonymous and is gonna bankroll it, so it'd be interesting. I'll sign up. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. It's like he he said it'd be like three days and twelve hours a day you'd be going at it camping and shit at night he'd provide all the camping equipment and sign everything. me up yeah on some private island I was like fuck yeah give me an airsoft gun but what is that child's play two or three the one where he goes and changes out the paintball bullets for real ones and they start shooting each other no that was the crow no oh uh, yeah I guess, <laughs> I guess I kind of was so. that's all I got for horror or happenings happenings anything else before we uh, move on to your discussion topic? No, I got nothing. All Whoa. right. No, all right, go. No. Okay, we are going to move into the discussion topic. What is... Go ahead and introduce it there, Drunk Darius. Well, today's discussion topic, children, is real-life paranormal happenings. Now, Boss Tuna... Have you ever experienced a real-life paranormal experience? No. You don't think so? You don't have any, like, questionable ones? Like, maybe something happened? None that come to the top of my head. So. Okay, well, I'll start. Yeah, I want to hear what you have first, because I did write some stuff down on this, so I'm kind of excited to talk about it. Uh, So, when I was a child, maybe... 14, 15 years old. Show me where he touched you. Yes, this is going in that direction. Oh, uh, God. There was an older boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is an older guy, kid. I don't know. He's like maybe 18, but he always hung out with us younger guys. My mom used to always ask us if he touched us and stuff, but he didn't. Oh, Nothing God. happened. But anyways, we'd go from... Uh, Cemetery to cemetery, and he'd have like a tape recorder and be like, Is anyone out there? Pause, wait for a response. Why are you here? Pause, wait for a response. And then we like play it back afterwards to hear any responses on the recorder. And one time I was like, My balls itch. And then he played it back. He's like, do you guys hear that? Do you hear that? I was like, yeah. It sounds like the guy said, my balls itch? And me and my other friend were dying laughing. He was, he was pretty mad. But then we went to another <laughs> cemetery. How long did it take him to figure out that it was you? <laughs> well, when we were laughing, I think he figured okay. it out. We went to another cemetery, and we actually did. He's like, what's your name? Pause nothing, whatever. Then we play it back and we hear it. We did hear like a. We heard someone say love or something. 
we heard something that wasn't any of us. Who knows what it was? It could have been a bird in the background or something. But that guy but now... It's the unexplained. How that guy has a career as a ghost hunter. He has a website and everything. I don't know if he... I, I doubt he makes any money off of it, but... He, well, if it's a career, he, he <laughs> No, I think he's, like, in, like... He has, like, some tech job, but he has a whole, like, ghost hunting crew and posts videos and stuff all the time. It's pretty it's pretty good comedy if you want to check it out. Uh, other than that... Um... I think I saw a UFO once. It was a real quick flash in the sky. I don't know if you really call that paranormal. I was going to say, because I, I had... I was going to talk about that, because I have different views, I guess, as far as supernatural, paranormal, and yeah. alien. But no, anyways, keep going. I'll, I'll talk about that. Okay, so just bring in for movies with paranormal there's three men and a baby you know this one oh i remember you talking about it so three men and a baby is a comedy with like ted dancing and the dude with the mustache what's his name from um burt reynolds i think maybe he's in it i don't know it's not burt reynolds the other guy with the mustache tom Selleck. tom Selleck, yes <laughs> but they had this movie where it's a comedy where they inherit and they have to like take care of this baby that isn't theirs. But in one scene, there's like a kid standing in the background. And the story was that kid was supposed to be the kid that they in the babysitting are taking care of. But he died in a car crash on the way there. And then be one frame of the movie, you can see him standing in the background. That was the story. But. Tom Selleck, Mr. Mustachio. I don't know if he's even in the movie, but one of them says it was just like a cardboard cutout of one of them that happened to be in the background that looks like a little kid. Really? Also, um, there's The Exorcist, which a bunch of people that were in that movie ended up dying afterwards and went crazy. So there's something paranormal about that. I don't know. Here in Madrid, where we're at, we have... The cemetery over here. There's supposed to be a, supposed to be haunted. People will come from out of town just to see this ghost. It's supposed to be some girl named Sarah, and so Sarah, so pull on your pants. Sarah. She's like, "Are you my mommy? Are you my mommy?" That's apparently that, that would fucking. I'd be like, "All right, I'm moving." And like your flashlights, batteries die all of a sudden. That's terrible when your flashlight battery dies. I don't think you need a battery for that. Well, I you probably maybe, know. Maybe not yours. More than me. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. So my question to you is, do you actually think the supernatural ghosts, demons, all that exists? I'm going to say I want to believe. Okay. But probably not. I 100% agree with you on that. Yeah. So, now I want to ask you, do you believe that aliens exist? And I'm just saying alien life in general, which means something that is not on Earth lives anywhere else in the universe. 100%. Yes. I 100% agree with you. Not even intelligent. Yeah. I mean, maybe There probably is. Yeah. Yeah, there probably is. People don't realize how large not only the Milky Way galaxy is, but the universe is. It's infinite. 
It is. Well, I mean, there's, there's technically it's not. Well, that's okay. I've nerded out on this a lot. It's With it's black it's, holes it's growing. Well, no, it. it's it's always growing. Right. So it's it's hard to explain. But um, there's um, this. Oh gosh, what was it? I think it was uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Like years ago, like four or five years ago, posted this thing on um, Facebook that explained the size. So it started out, and you may have seen it. If you haven't, you need to check it out because it'll 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 blow your mind and it'll it'll hurt your head to think about. And it still does. I've seen it a dozen times. So it starts out with the size of Earth, and then it compares Earth to the other planets we have um, in our solar system with the Sun. And then it has uh, ours to the next nearest sun to, you know, the size of the Milky Way galaxy. And then it talks about the cluster of stars we're in to the universe. And it, it's something like to get an idea of how large the just the Milky Way galaxy alone is. It's like one speck of sand of in, in a pile of every grain of sand on Earth, if you can imagine that. Right. And that's just the Milky Way galaxy. You can't even contemplate it. Yeah, you can't even. I mean, you, it, it's difficult to even wrap your head around. But that. What are the that, chances that, we're the only ones? Yeah, it's 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 just naive and to be honest and blunt, it's stupid to think that we're the only ones. But anyways, I don't want to get off on. No, this tangent. this uh the black hole thing just came out. They right. Took a picture of it. Yep. It's Fifty-five million light years away. Yeah. So what we're seeing is fifty-five million years old. That's what it looked like 55 million years ago, which is... Is that how it works? So is fucking hard. Yeah, like a light year. I don't well, know. Well, no, a light year means that it's the distance how far light travels in, in a year. year. So yeah. it's fucking far. And they say that the mass of the black hole is 60 billion times of our of own sun, which our mass, which is the mass of it. They said the size of it is about the size of a pin. Yeah. Which is fucking mind blowing. That's yeah, nothing to do with UFOs. That. But like, Man. what are the chances we are the only ones in this crazy fucking massive universe? They're already finding, you know, uh, signs of water on Mars and yeah, you know, like and microorganisms. Organisms, and shit. Yeah. So, and I just read that the astronauts left their fecal matter on the moon, <laughs> so they want to go back up there and see if any of their organisms have survived on the moon i don't crazy i didn't know that part but yeah so there's i for sure there is intelligent life forms out there but have they came here who knows i've heard different stories about interdimensional beings like maybe there's a fourth dimension or something i mean some of that stuff is just mind-blowing but i mean you think look how young our humans are in general. I mean, Earth is what six billion years old. I don't fucking know. But there's humans only like been intelligent life on. Old, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say there's only been intelligent life on Earth for you know a few thousand years. That's what. And that's you, nothing. That's what you call intelligent. Too. Well, I mean, yeah. Look, look, and and of that, you know, a couple thousand, few thousand years. Look where we've gone in just the last hundred years. We went from fucking you know, no electric. Well maybe a little bit more than 100 years but we basically went from no electricity to iPhones I mean yeah I mean it's just it, it's it people don't understand that just look 10 years ago yeah. man, I didn't have an iPhone and now my iPhone this went back to the lifespan of a human is is just nothing in the vast scheme of of time and eternity I mean it's it's unreal 
It's hard. It's hard to contemplate. I will say this though. Uh, they say energy doesn't die. It no, just uh, transfers. You can neither create nor destroy. Yeah, whatever. So like maybe, maybe after you die, your energy's still here. Maybe you can see like apparitions of. No. ghosts or whatever i don't know i i want to believe there's something but i haven't seen it yet yeah so that's why i wanted to ask you god sometimes i think we're we're, we're too similar in this it'd be nice if we disagreed all the time because it would make good banter back and forth yeah um so we agree on that that we i don't necessarily believe that anything supernatural exists or people have supernatural powers same with drunk Darius but we do agree that there are aliens and even probably intelligent life out there I believe in the possibility I just yeah well I believe there is oh you mean for supernatural yeah yeah I, I want to believe but so the next thing I have is that there's excuse me there's no proof there, there's nothing even close to to prove no there's something called the James Randi Foundation, and they they have a standing offer that is still out that offers $1 million to anyone who can verifiably demonstrate any supernatural ability or phenomenon under properly controlled conditions. That still hasn't happened. There's plenty of horror movies based off this idea, but yeah. Yeah, so... And I mean, there's so many ghost hunter shows, and like, oh, did you hear that? Yeah. Like, you never really see anything. No, you know? it's... My uncle is obsessed with that kind of shit, and he always will like you know send me texts about. I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm not gonna watch that kind of stuff because it's not true. It's just it's so some people are suckers fake, for it and man. like it, right? So there's there's that that clearly hasn't happened. I mean, if it's a million dollars, if the shit was real, somebody would have proved. To look it, up like what's the closest verifiable? Yeah, well, so that's the next thing I have is. Okay, so there's also theories as far as why not. Um, and there's conspiracy theories as far as that goes, too. Uh, why and why not. So part of it, we would kind of be screwed. So if all of a sudden ghosts and demons and supernatural phenomenons and abilities uh, did exist, all of our scientific theories would have to be adjusted or completely you know, written off and then rewritten when you think about physics and, and well, yeah, everything that's being like that. rewritten all the time anyways. Well, I mean, you no, know, because you still have your main laws, you know, the, yeah, but the they, laws they can't prove the big bang theory. There's no, well, know. I'm not talking about even as much about the big bang theory as I am, you know, the law of gravity and, yeah, and how, yeah. you know, atoms and particles and all that work. So part of it is, is, is if, there were ghosts and apparitions then everything that we know about science and and, and physics would it, it would turn it upside down and that would be kind of weird <laughs> then because then you'd have to think well what else do we not know but when you want to get real deep you know listen to neil degrasse tyson on uh joe rogan podcast when he talks about the theory of um um Quantum mechanics. I mean, that, that shit will... He's so condescending fucking, when he talks. Uh, oh, he is, because he's way above all of our abilities. Yeah. So. But there's another guy that he's had on, too, I can't think of, that's talked about that. Um, I, so. I want to say this. There's two that I can think of that have 
haven't been unproven. It's the infield poltergeist in London, which is what um, The Conjuring 2 is based off of. But you can listen to the tape of, like, the little girl sounds like an old man. It's like, my name is Billy Wilkins. I don't know. That's just from the movie. And then recently, in Gary, Indiana... There's the demon house. One of the ghost hunters bought the house and then he burned it down because it was too haunted. Which makes right. me not believe it as much. Yeah, because they probably made a bunch of money. Well, the, he made a documentary about it called yeah. Demon House. But there's cops and doctors, like certified people that came out and was like, something weird is going on. The doctor said that little boy ran up the walls backwards and stuff. But I, Gary Indiana is a backwards town anyways. Huh. But yeah, I mean, one of these things is everyone has an experience, like a weird experience, and it's always easy to discount someone else's experience, but when it happens to you, you want people to believe you, but no one else believes you. Yeah. So I, well, maybe there's so something can, to it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's like when these happen, it's always so convenient too that there's no cameras. Exactly. The two that I wrote down as far as probably the most popular and and it's also because of just, you know, movies and TV shows and documentaries, but it's the haunting of the Stanley hotel, which is the shining shining. And then the Winchester house. So, you know, those are, are, popularized as far as as everybody's heard about them um in amityville yeah amityville which has been proven to be fake oh it has okay like the family came out and said it's fake that some author just made a bunch of shit up to make money gotcha well that worked they made a lot of money yeah they did but so that's that's what i have i mean I think that, I don't know, I'm not going to hold my breath to ever see anything or wake up one morning and be like, news break. I want to see it. Like, so I would go into haunted cemeteries and shit. Because that would be, oh man. Well, I mean, I'd be terrified. Yeah, and then I'd be like, oh, it's real. Yeah. Like, how, how do you tell your kids, you know, well, I guess ghosts are real, but they're not going to be in our house, yeah. I hope. Well, they're so rare anyways. Yeah. We went to this creepy-ass cemetery one Halloween. Surrounded, you had like, drive down a hill, and it's surrounded by forests. And me and my friend went and peed in the woods, and the other two friends just took off running because they thought we were going to be haunted by ghosts because we were peeing near a cemetery. Okay. But, like, if anything's going to happen, it's going to happen then, and it didn't. We didn't yeah. see shit. Oh, you silly girls. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, that wraps up the discussion topic. Hit us up on our message boards. Oh, that sounds so old school. Message boards? What are you talking about? This is 2003. Put us on Facebook. Let us know. Add us on MySpace. Uh, MySpace. Uh, All right, well, let's get into our first feature review. Cape Fear. I am like God and God like me. I am as large as God. He is as small as I. He came out above me, nor I beneath him be. 
Cape Fear. All right, let's get into it. 1991 rated R. Fairly long movie, clocking in a little over two hours at 128 minutes. This, uh, guess what this got on IMDb? They're on a 10-point scale, right? Uh, I'm going to say uh, 8. Pretty close, 7.3. What about Rotten Tomatoes? And when I say Rotten Tomatoes, for y'all out there, I'm talking about the critic scores on Rotten Tomatoes, not the... Users. I'm say 80. 75. Okay. This was directed by Martin Scorsese, which is probably my all-time favorite director. He is a stud. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yep. Um, he is most... So he's basically the ultimate crime thriller uh, director. It's like mafia. Mafia stuff. Yeah, Goodfellas, Casino. So he... Doesn't really have much for horror cred besides Cape Fear. The only other one, it would be Shutter Island. And he uses the same actors a lot, just like Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. And Tarantino uses a lot of the same actors that he uses, too. Yeah. So, oh, man. Kurt Ru- or, uh, Robert De Niro. I do love Kurt I mean, so Russell. He's, so, of course, he's also done, like, Raging Bull and Taxi. Robert Nero's been in, I swear, half his fucking movie credits are with Yeah, Scorsese. I love De Niro. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 awesome. Um, this is actually based on a book, but this Cape Fear 1991 is a remake of a 62 movie called Cape Fear. Yeah. Same title. Did you know that? Yeah. Okay. Did you... Did you see this movie prior, or was this your first viewing? I saw it once before. It was on TV one time. Okay. Do you know who was supposed to direct this? Steven Spielberg? Yeah, okay, go on. Yeah. Onward. Uh, onward and upward. This, so this, well, there's there's some pretty cool, um, well, well, let's say there's some pretty cool trivia we'll get into. Okay. That ties the older one and the newer one. Let's say about Spielberg. Oh, I got some good stuff on okay, that, too. Okay, okay. So. This stars Robert De Niro. Stars like everybody you've ever seen in Pretty a 90s much. movie. Robert De Niro's been in a lot of stuff, but he doesn't have a lot of horror cred. He was in Hide and Seek, which is a pretty solid film. And oh, yeah, that was also, just on the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also was in Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. This also stars Nick Nolte, who... I don't know. Nick Nolte is Nick Nolte. He's... He played a teacher in that one movie. Well, he was in Blue <laughs> Chips and um, you know 48 Hours. You know him from his uh, mugshot, mostly. Pretty probably. much, yeah. yeah. He's, no, he yeah. was a huge star in the 90s for you kids yep. out there. Uh, lastly, or not almost lastly, Jessica Lange. Yeah. She's probably uh, most notable in our realm for her uh, American Horror Story. Yeah, she's, she's in what, she's one or good. two seasons. She's great. She's in every season, bro. Was she? Yeah. Jessica Lang is in every season. No shit. She's usually the main like antagonist. Okay. I need to catch up on my American Horror Story then. And then lastly, it is Juliette Lewis. So she was pretty young in this movie. I think she was 17 when they filmed it. But she actually has some pretty decent horror cred. She was in uh, From Dusk Till Dawn and then uh, Natural Born Killers. So mm-hmm. she's been in a lot of movies, but, you know. Yeah. We got more trivia. Yeah, so I have this. This was a pretty fun one to do some research on. We'll get more into this scene, the high school auditorium scene. Yeah. 
we'll get more into this, but this was 100% ad-libbed. So the very first take, yeah. it was all <laughs> ad-libbed. And they did three takes total, but they ended up taking this first one. And yeah. beforehand, I can't wait to talk about this. I don't know. I want to say stuff. I'm letting you talk. But so probably the the best part about this scene is when Robert De Niro sticks his thumb in her mouth. And he mm-hmm. actually sticks his thumb in her mouth. And she was not expecting it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little weird because she literally was 17. Yeah. At the time. Yes. But they did give her a heads up saying he's going to add something, but they didn't tell her what was going to happen. And she she rolled rolled with the punches pretty good, I'd say. (laughs) Yeah. I was kind of impressed with with her um, in this. But yeah, I can't believe that. They ad-libbed that whole entire scene and did it in one take. Uh, but they did three separate takes of that, so three separate interpretations of it. But they used the first one that was ad-lib, so I thought that was pretty cool. Obviously, Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese are and have been longtime friends. So this, um, I thought this was pretty funny, but De Niro was playing around with a couple different accents and how exactly he wanted to play Max Cady. Yeah. And he... he Took this off of one of the older movies that he did, and Scorsese at first hated it. Scared him. Yeah, and it's it's it scared him. And he Robert De Niro thought it would be funny to do some pranks. So after the film was all done and they're in the production, because it took forever to for this movie to come out, he he'd leave a few uh, messages on Scorsese's answering machine. <laughs> Using just that yeah, voice. just in the accent, just to freak him out. <laughs> and that was that was pretty fun. But you know they they're good friends, so I thought that. That was pretty cool. So. Is this after Goodfellas? I think um, it is. 91. Oh, maybe not. I think... I can't remember now. Because mm. I always get Goodfellas and Casino mixed up. Oh, come on. Goodfellas is way better. But whatever. Oh, they're Doesn't both... Matter. Yeah. yeah it Onward. Is. They're, they're, they're both excellent, I guess. So... Um, so, Gregory Peck and I think it's Robert Mitchum were Max Cady and Sam Bowden in the older movie, and they both played cameo roles in this. Yeah. And Gregory Peck, this was his last actual uh, film role before he passed, which he... So this came out in 91, and I don't think he passed until, like, 2003. He was old. He was, like, 85 years old or something. He's lived off them royalties, Yeah, son. well, he... I don't know. He probably wasn't in the best health, but it's cool that they were able to tie it in. Okay, so... I, I, I did I did like the casting of this. I, I will tell you right up front, my opinion, the best part about this movie is De Niro's performance as Max Cady. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really like Nick Nolte's character, and I didn't even like Jessica Lange that much. I think a point of this movie is there's no good guys. It's just some bad guys are worse. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying with that, but I just didn't like the performances. Okay. So, I mean, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute, I guess. But when it comes to Nick Nolte as Sam, Sam Bowden, um, the first choice to play him was Harrison Ford. So I guess we can talk a little bit about Steven Spielberg was, so his production company was at Amblin Entertainment, and he was tied to be the director and he couldn't do it due to some kind of no let me tell you scorsese was supposed to direct schindler's list 
and Spielberg was supposed to direct this movie. Yeah. Okay. So neither of them liked their choices, so they switched movies. So Spielberg went on the direct Schindler's List instead of this movie. Okay. And then Schindler's List went on and won a bunch of awards yeah. and shit. Yeah. Which could you imagine Scorsese directing that movie? I guess I've yeah. never seen it, but it's a good movie. Yeah, I, I thought I was reading a couple of different things. I guess I didn't see exactly. It just said that there is a conflict, and they they're, just, they're friends. They agreed to just yeah. swap yep. movies. But I know that um, Steven Spielberg was part of the um, production company, so he was kind of Scorsese's boss, I guess. Yeah, uh, on this movie. I but like Scorsese better than Spielberg. I do. I, I do, too. But Scorsese's first choice to play Sam Bowden was Harrison Ford, which that would have been phenomenal. I think this movie would have really... I, think I he, don't know. I don't. I think that character is supposed to be that great. I don't know. I, I just... I don't know. I, I like Harrison Ford, and I think he would have done a much better job. I don't think I, I like Harrison Ford I like more than Nick uh, Nolte and I don't I, think you're I, supposed I, to like that character that much yeah I mean I think you are I mean it, it's, it's supposed to be sympathetic faults, towards yeah, him yeah you're you know but he comes around it's basically he, he just wants something more to, than to protect his family but he's got his faults which we'll talk about but uh, alright he even had so Scorsese even had De Niro call and basically beg him and, and he wouldn't do it, which, so they got Nick Nolte, which, you know, at the time was probably still pretty good because Nick, Nick Nolte was probably at his, his prime, prime yeah. um, at this point. So, um, let's see here. I thought of something else too. This goes, this is still a common theme today. So this is 1991. I don't know if this is true or not, but rumor has it that Fangoria was banned from uh, any kind of interviews and really in-depth covering of this movie because both Scorsese and uh, De Niro stated that this was a thriller, not a horror movie. Yeah. So that goes to the whole theme that... Up until this year, even like well, no one wants even, that horror Even tag. still, yeah, they don't want that stigma of being a horror movie, which... You know, say what you want. I mean, this is a slow burn horror movie. Uh, it builds up and there's tension and it builds up until the final chase at the end. I, mean, I would this say this is a, a classic slasher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I thought that was funny. I mean, it's still fucking 20, 30, 30 years later, we're still dealing, you know, It's slowly with that. changing. I think Get Out has a lot to do with it and Hereditary, yeah. A Quiet Place. They're starting to win awards. Yeah, or the witch, we'll, but we'll they don't see. win it under horror tags. They win exactly. it under that's, drama. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Is it's still like dramas or suspense thrillers or something? Call it what it is. It's a fucking horror movie. Right. They 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 can call a comedy a romantic comedy or or you know whatever. You know they've got a lot of sub genres yeah. and shit too. It's still all those awards are all bullshit anyway. It's, it's they're all bot. Right. Um, so right. onward. Yeah, I guess I don't have. Um, I got one more. All right, let's see what you got. So, Juliette Lewis, yep. the other two actresses came in. So Drew Barrymore and... Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon, yeah. Reese Witherspoon was too freaked out by uh, Robert De Niro to yeah. play it. And Drew Barrymore said she just... I don't know, she fucked up the audition or something. Yeah, yeah. So, that's pretty funny because they're big-time actresses. I don't know what Juliette Lewis was in before this. Yeah, I don't really know either, I guess. I know Drew Barrymore was... Spoiler alert, I'm not really a big fan of Juliette Lewis, so... Dude. I mean, she, she did great in this movie. No she kind of looks a little like... I don't... Like what? 
don't want to little handicap. <laughs> no, oh. like, <laughs> special. I don't know, dude. Yeah, no, I she's know. Kinda got that ditzy. No, she looks like I don't know if it's like her upper lip or something. Oh, you like, mean physically? Like mentally, she looks. You mean physically though? She looks both. like she's. Oh yeah, yeah. physically okay, she does not look like it. Way that she was acting, but no, yeah, but yeah, I, I never really liked her much either. And I, I she always just to play like this innocent, like attractive young girl. I think. Yeah, I mean she she was attractive. But I, I don't, mean, I half don't the time know. she's running around in fucking underwear and skirts and bullshit. So they, did it on, they did it on purpose. I just don't buy it. Yeah. But whatever. So, yeah, I mean, this movie, um, I picked this movie because I hadn't seen it in quite a while and I was hoping it would hold up. Um, you know, as I said, the, the best part about this movie was De Niro's performance because I really was unimpressed with... I. I Part of it is the character, but I didn't really have a problem with Sam Bowden and, and Nick Nolte as a character. Uh, I just didn't like Nick Nolte in his role. And then even Jessica Lange, I don't know what she was trying to portray as far as her, her character goes, but um, I, I did really like the way that even though Juliette Lewis was 17 when she directed this, I felt that she was pretty mature. I mean, there were some scenes that are, were awkward to watch. You know, a lot of it makes sitting it very on a couch, uncomfortable. Yeah, and, and being a father of a daughter, it, it was, you know, when a movie can make you have certain feelings, you know that it's, it's hitting the right chords and is doing something right. But I definitely uh, thought that she did a really good job. In, in acted the way that you know I guess a girl that is that age and impressionable um, towards someone like Max Katie who's manipulative and yeah you know good looking I guess you could say and she got uh, nominated for best supporting actress yeah and Nick Nolte got nominated too for leading actor are you serious yeah neither of them won De Niro didn't get anything oh no it was De Niro not okay Nolte okay but they didn't win. Gotcha. All right, let's get into it. All right. So th- this whole movie is based around the family of three. We get Nick Nolte, Jessica Lang, and Juliet Lewis, which who played the Bowdens. I'm just gonna call them mom, dad, and daughter, or okay. Sam, Daniel, Danielle, and uh, L- Leah. Lee. Lee. Yep. And then. This ex-con, which is Robert De Niro, to get them. Max Katie. Well, the movie starts out, we get the daughter, Danielle. She reads, the only things you feared... Okay. The only thing you feared was for the magic to end. Oh, because she's talking about... I don't know why they call it Cape Fear. Because the only thing you feared was that the magic was going to end. So Cape Fear is like where they're like... It's a town. Yeah, but it's where, like, their lake house, vacation house is, right? The houseboat. Yeah. Yep. Then we get a shot of De Niro in his prison cell. cell. Dude, he got cut for this, man. Dude, he looks looks good. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, and he was, he was an older feller. He was? Yeah, I mean, well... I mean, he was, but... Yeah. He, what was he, 50 or something? Yeah. Uh, 45-ish, probably. But he's like doing chin ups or something, yeah. and we dips. see he's doing dips. All his tattoos, and they're all like biblical. There was one thing, another Easter egg. There was like a book on a shelf, 
I forget what it's called, but it wasn't a real book. It was based off of a episode of Miami Vice where the lead detective gets kidnapped and tortured by some guy he put in jail. Oh, really? Yeah, in this episode. Uh, but anyways, he's jacked working out. He gets out of prison and so like, you're leaving your books. He's like, don't worry, I read them all mm-hmm. already. And then we find out. Okay, so then the whole family, the three of them, go to see a movie. I don't know what movie it was, but there was like, here's Johnny. But it was like a comedy. Yeah. I don't know what it was. You realize. Oh, it was um, Problem Child. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) With John Ritter. Yeah. He was in that show, Eight Things I Hate About. I don't know. The chick from The Big Bang Theory was in it. Uh, and then Katie is in there, which is De Niro's character, and he's in front of them smoking a big ass cigar. Yep. He's smoking a cigar the whole movie, which pretty is, much it's fatty weird. too. It's weird you see him smoke a cigar in a movie theater, but he's laughing hysterically. Yep. How'd you like his lighter too? It just perfectly fit his whole persona. Yeah, it was a lighter of of a uh, a chick in a pink polka dot bikini. It was great. Right, like he's kind of pervy the whole time, but. Yep. It's not really, you you never really sure if he's pervy as he's portrayed until later on. But anyways, they're like, shut up or whatever. So they eventually move seats because this guy's annoying them. Then they go to get food at some diner. And they're kind of small talking. The family is like, dad, you should have beat that guy up. And it's like, yeah, you were a boxer, right? They kind of threw in that he's a boxer, which it didn't really come up. Yeah, really. and that's one of the things, too. Like, man, I mean, if we jump ahead to the, the end of the movie, a couple problems I have with that. So he he's, he's a bigger guy in decent shape. He used to be a boxer, so he yeah. should be able to handle himself. And there is when you're a boxer, it's, it's more than just the skill and the ability of a boxer when you're a boxer and you're a fighter it's a different mindset too you have a different i don't necessarily want to say personality but you know how to carry yourself and right. handle yourself and you're not going to let it, it doesn't make sense for yeah. I, I honestly don't know why they put that in as far as i don't know maybe maybe, maybe if it was just to, maybe to he'll give you a swerve or something he changed but, or something he used to be tough yeah, yeah. And not. i mean yeah there, there there's a whole persona if you're a boxer you're 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 you know someone to be reckoned with you, you know how to handle yourself you know how to carry yourself and you're not gonna let yeah his this, character yeah. in this is just so it, it didn't make pussy sense. It the didn't whole match. time exactly that's kind of the storyline the the movie like he's doesn't take care of shit. Yeah. Anyways, he goes to pay for the food, and they're sitting outside, and they're like, oh, no, that man over there paid for it. And he looks over, and he's Katie sitting in his car smoking a cigar. He's like, come on, let's go inside, let's go inside. I'm like, Dad, what's wrong? So we, obviously, he knows who this guy is, yeah. but he's pretending like he doesn't. Then we get cut to scene, and the dad's playing handball or racquetball or whatever it is yeah i think it's racquetball with i think she's supposed to be attractive young lady yeah it's supposed to be and it's like it's paralegal and she like kind of wants 
I don't know if they're having an affair. It hints that they are, or she wants to, but he well, won't. He, he did. He did bang her once. Okay, that's remember when later in the movie when they're at the bar, you find right. out. Right. Well, that's what she says. But and, well, we'll get to that when we get to the part where they're sitting at the bar. Anyways, it hints that they're kind of having at least an emotional affair on the yeah, side. There's well, and they blatantly insinuate, not even insinuate, that she. Um, she likes him, and, and there's hardcore flirting. You can clearly yeah, see. And he, but he's like, no, I can't. Yep. Basically, at this point. Which doesn't make sense either uh, at this point in the movie, but you find out later on kind of what's going on. Yeah. But, yeah, it doesn't make sense why he, he doesn't tell his wife anything, yet he hasn't, quote, unquote, done anything with her, except that one time which you find out. So Right. So after this, he's leaving. And he's about to put his keys in the ignition. And he has the windows down in his car. And Katie comes up and grabs the keys. And he's like always over the top nice, which is like threatening, mm-hmm. which is pretty scary. Like whenever he is in a scene, you always feel a little uneasy, which I, that's what I think makes it like a, a little bit of a slasher. Like even though he's playing nice, you know, yep. something could happen. He's like, um, you enjoying your freedom, counselor? Because I did 14 years or whatever his yep. twang is. And then eventually Katie lets him go. He's like, enjoy your freedom, basically, type. So then Nick Nolte drives off. Well, as he's walking away, he says, you're going to know what loss is. Yeah. Like, under, under his breath. Under his breath, yes. but... Nick Nolte hears it. Yes. And then Katsu, it's the 3rd of July, so we get fireworks going off like crazy. There's a weird sex scene between Nick Nolte and Jessica Lang. <laughs> what They keep using, like, a couple times in the movie, they use, like, a weird filter. I, it doesn't It's matter. like a black and white kind of thing. Kind of like a undeveloped yeah. photograph. Yeah. There's a word for it. Anyways, Jessica Lang's character gets up and she looks out the window and sees Katie sitting on their fence outside, just staring at him. Staring right at the house. You can only see him because the fireworks are lighting up everything. So she freaks out and goes and gets Nick Nolte. And so Nick Nolte runs out there like, get out of my yard, yelling, but he's gone by then. So then Nick Nolte's trying to like, get help from his lawyer friends and cops like well did he do anything did he break in I was like no he didn't do any of that it's like well we can't do anything to him because like Katie's character is very aware of the law so he knows how to work around it to where he can just just toe the line to where he's not doing anything illegal but still scare them which makes him also kind of like a super villain like a slasher character yeah and that's where, you know, part not to pick this movie apart, but I had a lot of problems with that as well because that would never happen in real life. If if you have someone who gets out of prison and, and is starting to harass their uh, lawyer, you know, they they you'd think the cops and the the courts and w- would do something about it. They would put two and two together and be like, well, this guy. You know, 
he just got out of prison. There's no reason for him to be harassing. So when you get out of prison, you're on a short leash. So right. if you put in a fucking restraining order on someone and they've been out of prison for two days, that restraining order would probably go through faster than the two weeks that he had said uh, earlier as right. far as that goes. So part of me was like, come on, like get real. That, that shit would never fucking happen. This guy is already on a short leash. Just get out of prison. But this is where I think it's like a slasher because... This is where they did bad at playing it serious because there's so much stupid shit. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? Yes. Really? But if they played off more like a horror movie, like, oh, okay. I. No way Jason's going to walk slowly and kill you. But yeah. if it's a horror movie, oh, it makes sense. I mean, you're supposed you just... to suspend disbelief, you know, in certain aspects of this. But this isn't a movie, you know, with, with Friday the 13th, you you have an undead super villain, right? Supernatural. So then it's easier to suspend disbelief. This this is trying to play happen in real life, yeah. yeah. So it's it's harder to to do that and harder for me to wrap my head around. All right, so we get Nick Nolte's character Sam talking to I think his lawyer buddy, and he explains why Katie might be out to get him. It's because he was his lawyer. And he raped some chick, then he, some 16 year old girl. And he beat the shit out of her. And, but Nick Nolte's character found out that that chick was promiscuous. And he, he hid that from the trial because he wanted Katie to go to prison for what he did. So he could have got out in like six or seven years or something rather than 14. Right. Well, he could have got out in seven regardless. Yeah. But then he got in a fight in jail and then went to 14. But this kind of has a real undertone about like a, a political statement about women and how they are treated when they go to trial against rape charges, which we'll find out later even too with the paralegal. Yeah. So I don't know. I think maybe it's some kind of social statement, honestly. Uh, okay, so... Katie, we keep seeing Katie stalking Sam, Nick Nolte's character. He pulls up on him in his convertible. Uh, he's like, why are you after me? I'll give you $10,000 to leave me alone. This part, too, really frustrated me. Like, the man, I, I just couldn't buy it. Right. I, I just couldn't buy this part where he is caving so much. I mean, let's set aside the fact that he used to be a quote-unquote boxer and a tough guy. But to cave that easily and start offering $10,000 for him to leave you alone, like, just just pissed me off and didn't make sense. I'm sitting here trying to think, like, there's so many other different avenues you could take rather than yeah, trying he's to such a pussy the whole movie. Yeah. And, like, sometimes there's a character arc, but even at the end, he's still kind of a pussy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Katie's like, okay, well, let's see. I was in there for 14 years, one day. We'll say 5,000 days. And he kind of hints that he got raped in prison, too. Yep. It's like, have you ever been a woman before? Been like, sodomized in yeah. prison? So, like, oh, fuck. Katie went through some shit. Yeah, and he's like, so basically the money he gave him was equivalent to, like, 20 bucks a day. Yeah. But even with that dialogue going back and forth, I mean, I'm sitting on my couch, like, you know, you got Robert De Niro, who you find out that he has when he went into prison, he didn't he was just 
a, a redneck that didn't know how to read, didn't go to school. And he was in prison. He taught himself how to read, and he became pretty well-versed in criminal law. And so he's spouting a bunch of facts and, and knowledge, I guess. Well, um, before, Nick Nolte's character is like, no way he could know this. He couldn't even read. Yep. Yeah, so, that's a, so yeah, you learn that he does uh, teach himself to read and all that. And, and But when he's doing this little monologue here at the side of the car, I'm sitting there thinking... Nick Nolte is a fucking lawyer. You should be able to fire back with everything he said. He's the worst lawyer. You've got Robert De Niro doing the whole woe is me when you could have ended the conversation and said, you raped and beat a 16-year-old girl. We don't know. Don't know what? If he really did that. Well, I mean, you... We assume so. The way that the... Yeah, I was going to say, you you absolutely could assume so, but I, I think that... Even though I'd seen the movie previously, just by looking at him and what he was, yeah, the way you would is. assume that well, that after he got case. raped in prison but for fourteen years, I think at years. this, I think at this point that they did say that he had a history of before this, that he had a history stuff. of, of yeah. this kind of stuff. So, I mean, he should have been calling that out. You know, you got what you deserve, kind of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's just a giant. But the movie didn't make it sound like there was any, like even from the get go, it didn't make it sound like there was any kind any of doubt doubt that he did it. So I mean, yeah. that conversation could have been ended and be like, "Hey, you, you know, raped and beat a sixteen year old girl. You got what you deserve. Fucking." Live I mean, he is the worst lawyer yeah. in the end too. Okay, this yeah. uh, one say if they didn't play so serious, it would have been better. It would make yeah. more sense. Uh Um. So Sam's at work. He gets a call home. The dog's been poisoned. The mom's freaking out. The mom and dad get in an argument, and Juliet Lewis's character goes off into her room. And at this point, I thought maybe she's getting kidnapped or something, but nothing happens. Uh, I will say the one thing too. Part of the reason I maybe it was the character, but I don't know. Maybe it's Jessica Lange, too. This is where I have the thing where I just don't like Nick Nolte and Jessica Lange's performance. But I guess I'm kind of jumping the gun a little bit here, but I hated how she was so fucking crazy and psycho. Like, I know there's actual people like that, both males and females, but the way that she acts and treats him, she's fucking nuts, man. I think she she knew he's been... He has something on the side the whole time. And well, right. she's been eating it, but she won't say it. Because you find out that um, years ago, he he did have an affair and they moved. Yeah. So they moved to this new location because he was having an affair. But the movie wasn't clear that she wasn't having one either. So I took it as as they were both. She seems kind of flirty, even with Katie. Yeah. So I think what happened was, is is the way I took it was, is, is Sam was having an affair with a previous coworker or wherever they worked before. And she caught on, but she also was having an affair as well. And I, you, you know, earlier in the movie when she gets up in the middle of the night and she's putting lipstick on and that kind of stuff, you know, I, I took that as her as, you know, she's looking at her reflection and, you know, trying to be beautiful again. Cause I yeah. think that she was having an affair uh, before as well. So, I mean, they've got a pretty toxic relationship. And right. There's no good people in this movie. Yeah. Yep. 
okay, so the dog gets poisoned. Sam's pretty sure Katie did it. And he has the cops bring him in, and he gets, like, searched behind a one-way mirror. And they're, like, taking his clothes off. And they were giving him the, the full cavity <laughs> search. Yep. And we can see all his tattoos, and all his tattoos are, like, vengeful stuff. Yep. Or, like, vengeful, like, Bible quotes and stuff. And Katie quotes the Bible a lot in this, because we find out his dad was, like, a Southern Baptist preacher or yep. something. He's one of those, like, snake charmer preachers, which <laughs> comes in later. Uh, they don't find any evidence on him, no poison or anything. They searched his apartment, they said. and Yeah, so he's, like, way ahead of them. Fourth uh, of July parade is happening, and then the dad sees Katie across the road. And at this point, you got to remember, it, the mom and daughter don't know what he looks like. Correct. So Sam goes over there and, like, starts to hit him and stuff, and he gets pulled off of him. Yeah, well, I think he just pushes him and... So Katie antagonizes him and says something um, about his. Basically, he's talking about his wife. So Sam loses his shit. Yeah, he's and like, "Your him. wife's looking pretty good over yep. there." Something and he's like whispering that. it so only Katie can hear. So then, uh, or or Sam can hear it. Sam Sam freaks out, pushes him, creates and causes a scene, and then Katie gets back up and you know, he's, he's, well, I can sue you, and you know, you're so hitting. Like, an I was just sitting man. here. Yeah. I wasn't doing nothing. Yeah. So, again, this is another part I was like, man, why wouldn't you, all of, every single thing that he has done so far, why wouldn't you have taken that to the police and, and just said, this is what's going on? Well, he already tried to take him to the police. Yeah, and right away when he can't do anything about it. I just, man, I, I, you know, if you have this much behind it, you should be able to, basically he's stalking and, and harassing him. He needs proof. Yeah. Okay, and well, the part I about this part, the mom and daughter don't see him. Like they still don't know what he looks like after this part, which we'll find out later. They don't know what he looks like. Yeah. But anyways, cut to the family gets out of there, and then we see uh, Katie's in a bar flirting with the mistress. It's like uh, it's like I just got out of prison. Okay. So, <laughs> what'd you get? <laughs> Shut up, Siri. Uh, <laughs> so we're, we're, we said Katie, not Siri. I know. Don't say it again. Uh, <laughs> so, what'd you get out of prison for? It's like, I uh, murdered my wife. Like, there's some joke about it. Yeah, well, well she, she is like, oh, I'll bet you, were you in prison because you murdered your wife and chopped her up to 50 pieces? And there's some, she said and then, some joke. Yeah, she said that, and then he repeated that. Mm-hmm. He's just like, I'm from Georgia State Correctional Facility. And she's just like drunk and loose yeah. because uh, Sam ignored her that day or something. Well, and Katie's manipulative. So He's Katie very went in. Manipulative. Yeah, Katie Everybody went in him. just to, I mean, he knew exactly what he was doing from the get go. And it made it even easier that she is so in love with um, Sam and she's drunk and she's, she's wanting to get back at him. Yeah. So, so she tells him everything, and this is the scene this, where yeah. she says, she's like, oh, it, may, it, makes, it makes it seem like I've been with a busload of guys, and she's like, I, I've only been with... Uh, one married uh, man. One married man. This one time. Yeah, just this one time, and it's that was obviously Sam's. So. Right. So then they go back to her apartment or whatever, and they're playing, like, 
Yeah, they're in bed getting kinda, ready to get dirty. Looks like fun sex, kind of, and he handcuffs her behind her back. And she's like, ha-ha, like, what's going on? <laughs> and then he takes this sudden change and, like, gets aggressive with her. Like breaks her arm or dislocates her shoulder or and something. And, like, bites her face, and then she Ooh. starts screaming. And then it's kind of implied that he either rapes her and or kills her. Which this, I think, is really dark because he could have easily just had sex with her because she was willing. Well, I think he did. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You she mean, was yes, willing. I see. But then he, he's like, no, I'm going to rape that, you That, that wouldn't get the effect yeah. that he wanted to pull out of Sam. Because he wasn't there for the sex. He was there for like the power rape yep. part, which is really disturbing. And so, if you had caught on by this point in the movie, then you're like, okay, so this guy really is a monster. Yes. So e- even though you should have gotten that in the first couple minutes, but this is where he's showing his true colors. Because I guess at, up to this point, you're really not sure what his intentions are. So this is where he, you know, quote unquote, pulls a mask off and you're able to see what kind of monster he really is. Yeah. And then uh, Sam gets a call. It's like, oh, we got him. He raped another another person. He's like, all right, I'm down. I'm on my way. And this is where he tells his wife that the original girl he raped was 16. Yeah, well, he lied to his wife at first and said that it, it was, was a just battery. battery. Yeah, well, that's what he got him off on was battery. But yeah. It was really a rape and battery. And he's like, how old is your daughter or something? And then that's when Juliet Lewis walks in the room. He's like, 16? What's 16? Something. And the yeah. camera kind of pans over to her like, oh, we see where this is going. Like, Katie, yeah. Katie's out. Not fucking Siri. <laughs> Katie's out to rape his daughter, maybe. It kind of implies. So he goes to the hospital. He sees it's his mistress. Uh, she says she won't press charges because she doesn't want to go through all that, which goes back again about how women, it's hard for them to press charges against rape charges, kind of, because she was a paralegal and she's been through it. And she won't do it. She won't go through it. So they can't get Katie on that. I gotta stop saying Katie. Robert yeah. De Niro. <laughs> yeah. Siri's gonna start trying to find some shit on the fucking internet for us. Yeah, right. I could say Katie rape. <laughs> yeah, that ain't gonna work. Okay, I'm gonna on a watch list now. Okay, so one of the detectives is like, well, we can't get him on anything. So not pressing charges. He's like, I'll take it into my own hands, basically. Tell him just to kill Katie himself. It's like, I'm a lawyer, detective. I'm not going to do that. It's like, you're a pussy. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Okay. So then he talks to a private investigator. Don't yes. Watch Katie. So this guy, if... So if you haven't seen this movie... This is a very recognizable character actor. Mainly, I recognize him from the the Bond movies of the 90s. He's James Bond uh, buddy that used to work for the CIA. He always, like, flies in a helicopter or a plane to to save him. So I saw this guy. I was like, God, where the fuck do I know him from? I was like, oh, yeah. He's on, like, GoldenEye and Tomorrow Never Dies. You recognize him. You don't know where you recognize him from. Uh, the private investigator finds out that Katie killed a guy in prison, but they couldn't charge him with it because there wasn't enough evidence because there's never enough evidence with Katie. No. Nope. Uh, but even so, that's what, where they gave him the additional seven years. Right, because he's only supposed to be there for seven years. Yeah. They did 14. They couldn't prove it, but they made him stay in longer right. somehow. 
Uh, Sam, the dad, calls his mistress to apologize, and Jessica Lang overhears it. And it's like, yeah, it's your mistress, isn't it? Basically, like, accusing him of fucking that girl. Which he was, but I don't know how she got that out of that phone call. Uh, she starts hitting them. Oh, this is where the daughter locks herself in the room with her head headphones on, music playing loudly. Uh, nothing really happens. Yeah, there. well, and then this is where you see, again, Psycho Lee Bowden come after fucking Sam. Yes. Beating the shit out of him. Taking it like a pissed. little bitch. You know, when he says he was a boxer, he was probably just one of those shitty sparring partners I'd give a hundred bucks to get his ass beat before. <laughs> He's a punchy, what do they call him? Uh, I don't know. Anyways, we get the private investigators following Katie around. And he goes to pay his bill at lunch. Like, oh, that guy already paid for it. He's like, of course, Katie spotted him right away. So the PI goes and follows him. He's like, why don't you just leave town? Tries to threaten him. Yeah, and Katie's just, like, smarter than everybody. Yeah, I was going to say, well, you get that this... As much as I love this actor, I kind of... I even like the character, too. He's just, like, one of those... And Katie calls him out, too, on this. Is calls He's like, you were a cop, weren't you? You just weren't that good of a cop. This yeah. is what you're doing. Which is 100% true because he plays the part really well in trying to come off as a, as a badass, but he probably didn't have the... He thinks he's smarter than everybody. Yeah, exactly. He didn't have the gut. And that comes up later in the movie, too, with you know one of his little fishing line tricks. But, yeah, yeah so he, he plays that well in that he tries to come off as this tough guy, know-it-all kind of private... But, you know, Katie's like, you're just a fucking private investigator, so couldn't cut it as a cop. Yeah, so we know this guy's underqualified. Uh, mom is out to get the mail... And Katie pulls up. Now, this is she the, did, yeah, this is it. She doesn't know what he looks like at the time. And he gives her the dog collar. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, our dog actually died. It's like, oh, I bet he was about this tall, this fuzzy. He's yeah. like, you're, you're Mr. Katie, aren't you? It's like, oh, I sure am. And I... This is the only part I liked her at. She's basically like, get the fuck out of here. Who the yeah. fuck do you think you are? She tells him off, basically. Yep. And he's like a convicted rapist. And then they kind of go back and forth. And then the daughter comes out. And Katie peels out before she sees him. Because he doesn't want her to know what right. he looks uh, like. Yeah. Even though she should have fucking saw him at the parade. Uh... And this is the part where the PI tells Sam that I can hire some people to beat him up. Like, the, the cops yeah. are like, we can't do anything. You should beat him up. The PI's like, oh, I can't do anything. We should beat him up. He's like, no, I'm a lawyer. We yeah. can't do this that. This has got to go by the law. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, then the- we, we Back home, we call those um, blanket parties. What? You've never been a part of a blanket party? You throw a blanket over someone and beat them up? Yeah, that's a blanket party. Sounds a little gay. No. Whatever. I mean, we are the Joe Blow. We've tossed, we tossed a couple blanket parties. <laughs> yeah, we well tossed deserved. a few things. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, they should have they should have given Katie a blanket party a lot sooner. Yeah, So then the daughter, Danielle, gets a call on the phone and 
we know it's obviously Katie by yep. his voice. So he's like, oh, I'm your new drama teacher. Drama teacher. We're uh, having drama in the theater tomorrow. Instead of the classroom, meet you there. So she's like, oh, okay. And she's kind of like pretending to be more grown up than she is the yep. whole time. Like, she's like, my parents don't think I'm grown up enough, but yeah. I am grown up. So she goes to the theater, sees him there, and he's like smoking a joint. I will say I love this scene. This is this is one of my favorite scenes. Actually, this is a hundred percent my favorite scene in the movie. Well, I want to say it's weird as fuck, but it's it is. But that's what makes it good. It's very it's uncomfortable. Yeah, very uncomfortable and awkward. But she, she eventually figures out it's this guy that's kind of been stalking their family, but she doesn't know what he did. She just thinks it's like. She doesn't know how bad of a guy. Yeah, she is. she's a typical. She's supposed to be fifteen years old in this, so she's a typical fifteen year old. She hears only what her parents tell her to hear, and she's pretty naive overall. So, you know, her her dad um, is trying to explain the severity of it. I guess you know, she doesn't put. He doesn't tell her what he did. No, no, but she's also questioning too because rape run happens. You know, well, why can't I go outside? Why can't I do this? And so she doesn't quite understand. But you know, she's like you said, like, I'm grown up enough to do what I want. Yeah. But she smokes a little weed with him, and then he's like, "Okay, I am, but I'm trying to save your dad. I'm not trying to hurt him. He just needs to pay for his sins or something like that." Mm-hmm. And he's like. Can I put my arm around you? Yeah, so Lee, th- this whole scene is probably, would you say, about 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes yes. of, of dialogue between them. And it really kind of, I, I would say this is the best part of showing you what and who Max Katie actually is with the manipulator and you know clearly he's into, at this point, you know he's into younger women. Right. So it's kind of setting you up for something you know each individual who watches this is going to play out a scenario in their head of what they think the movie's going to end with yes and it's an excellent exposition between these two and it gets super awkward because you know something's going to happen this whole scene is building up to is something's going to happen in the you know drama uh or in the in the theater the auditorium at this point and then yeah like you said he puts his arm around her well and like one thing about this that makes it a slasher is every time he is in the frame you're just like a little uneasy like Mm -hmm. something gonna happen and he could kill her right there but he doesn't because he gets off on like the power and the playing other people yeah it's the cat and mouse game but okay so this is the weird part He, he puts his finger in her mouth. His yeah. So he puts his arm around her. And this and then is he where like, petting her. No, yeah. this whole I think yeah. So she was the actress was not ready for this, but no. she plays along and starts sucking his finger. Meanwhile, she's literally seventeen at the time. Yes. <laughs> and Drew Barrymore was too not Drew Barrymore. Reese Witherspoon was too scared of his character to even. Could you imagine her in this? Oh, oh god, no. And it's not like he did it once. Like he was petting her face. For an uncomfortable amount of time, he stuck his thumb and finger in her mouth like what three times or something. It was weird, but she, and she kind on of it. like sucked on it a little bit. Yeah, it was. But she kind of she weird. plays it. She plays it good to she, like. Is she scared or is she into? Is it? she like, get, the yeah, whole movie? Exactly right. 
I think she's always like a little scared, but she doesn't want to admit because she wants to pretend like she's yeah. an adult. We should cover Fear, the Reese Witherspoon, Marky Mark movie. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> I don't know that I've ever seen that whole movie. I it's just remember pretty, the scene it's where he bad. sneaks up into her, her uh, bedroom. And, yeah. Oh, I remember the, what's it called, the Ferris wheel scene. Uh, see, I don't, I don't think <laughs> I saw that scene. All right. Uh, and then he kisses her, I think. She kisses back. Oh, yeah. There was some sloppy makeup. It was weird because he's like at least... 30, 40 years older than her. Yeah, I was trying to, like, when that was going on, I was like, is he really kissing a 17-year-old Juliette Lewis? Is there some kind of stand-in? I don't know, you know. Get away with it if it's behind the camera. Okay, so then the dad finally threatens Katie. And Katie secretly records it. Then he finally goes along with the private Which is just convenient because yeah. he's sitting, Katie is sitting in a random diner and, you know, Sam goes in and, and basically gives him the whole threat, which is just, just stupid. I mean, you don't, yeah, 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 but whatever. So finally he goes along with the private investigator. He's like, all right, hire your dudes to beat this guy up. But he wants to watch. So he hides behind like this dumpster where these three like. They're waiting outside of his apartment. Macho guys. I don't know how to call them macho. Fat guys. <laughs> yeah. Jump Katie. And they get a few good licks on him. And then Katie gets a like pipe from him or whatever it is. Yeah. They got like the basic 90s gang right. thing. I mean, it's... It, you it's got like, a pipe, a chain, yeah. a tire it's like, iron. Uh, <laughs> what is it? Terminator 2? Um... You know, like, it, it, for, I don't know why, but for some reason, this reminded me of that scene in Terminator 2 where those two guys are working on the car and um, uh, Arnold and the kid are having an argument. And then the guys come out, kid, you all right? And it's the, the big black guy and the big white guy. And he, like, just beats the shit out of him and shoots him in the knees or something. I don't <laughs> for some know. reason, that reminded me of that. It's the 90s. Yeah. But anyways, he gets he gets it from them and he eventually beats the fuck out of all three of them. Even though he's a little roughed up. Uh, and then he's like, come out, come out wherever you are. Because he knows Sam's hiding behind something. Yeah, he like kicked clumsy fuck, clipped a, kicked a can or bottle. Made a loud noise. Yeah. So then he, Katie, gets a restraining order against Sam. Well, Sam first tries to go to this big time lawyer. He's like, oh, I need to hire you to get a restraining order against this against Katie. He's like, well, I would, but he already has a restraining order against you. And we find out that he inherited a bunch of money after his mom died. Katie did, yeah, which is why he wouldn't. He didn't need to accept a bribe or anything. So he has plenty of money. Hires this big time lawyer, gets a restraining order, and I Sam. think he's the type of character where even if he didn't have any money, he wouldn't have taken that. Yeah, for or he sure. probably would have taken it, but would and have just still, yeah, yeah, still, because it wasn't about the money. But then they go to court, and Katie's all like bruised up, of course, just playing the part, milking it, which yeah. he did get roughed up, but yeah. So now he has a restraining order against Sam. Uh. So the, the private investigator, this genius, who's already fucked up like three times, is like, God. Well, if he uh, comes into your house, you can legally shoot him. So he gets his plan to like 
go to the airport and pretend like he's taking a flight out. Yeah, well, he did have some kind of work thing he was supposed to go to. Right. So. So they want to, they want Katie to see him leaving, which, why the fuck was Katie already at the airport? I don't understand. He wasn't. That. He followed them. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. He was in I the car I thought he was just sitting him. in like a coffee shop. No, no. He was, he was in the car following them. So. He acts like he's getting on the plane. Then Katie goes up to the airport lady. He's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm. He's supposed to sign these documents. He's my lawyer." Or yeah, whatever. he's like, "Oh, we already lost our little boy, Danny." He's like, "Did he get on the plane?" And the lady's like, "Oh, yeah, he did get on the plane." So us as the viewers are supposed to believe that Katie believes that he flew off. Yep, because she she told him he he won't be gone until he'll be back the day after tomorrow. Yeah, so the whole family's back in the house. Trap is set. The private investigator is sitting there. He, his genius plan is like to tie a teddy bear to a window. Well, he he's like, oh, I got me some monofilament, which is fishing line, and he tied fishing line. I don't know how. I'm trying to. He has a bunch of like eyelet hooks where it's tied to all like the windows and doors or some bullshit, which. That house is fucking huge, and there's mm-hmm. no way that that would actually work. And we but already whatever. know Katie has been in and out of the house without anyone even fucking knowing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, he's he's got it like wrapped around a teddy bear. <laughs> oh, we teddy see bear that moves. moves quarter inch. We know the Christmas ghost is coming in on him or whatever he yeah, says. It's so fucking dumb. But anyways, teddy bear moves, and he's like, "Oh, this window just so happened to open by itself." Is the wind goes to shut it. Goes into the kitchen to make himself uh, Pepto Bismol and Jim Beam or something. Yeah, it's a it's a signature drink. He's been drinking it the whole fucking yeah. He's like dumping Pepto Bismol and Jim right. Beam in a cup. He kind of talks to the nanny. Yeah, this I love this scene. This was this was really clever. Uh, you think so? It was awesome. I yes. didn't see it at all actually. So when he walks in there, do we we kind of see the nanny's face, don't we? You just see the side profile and and. Right, the she, nanny is over the stove, and so he sits down. Conveniently he's talking with his back to, the nanny, to her. Yep. Yeah. And then yep. the nanny turns around, and it's fucking Mrs. Doubtfire. Fucking yeah, Katie just has a wig on and like a nanny outfit or like whatever. the the pink shawl, and even had the skirt on. I think right. It reminds me of uh, the Joker from the Dark Knight. When he dresses oh, like a nurse at the hospital, yeah, yeah. Yep. So there's also a part two where earlier in the movie, so yeah. you've, you've got multiple hints that Katie's been in the house with poisoning the dog, and, and there's there's a couple scenes with the piano. One of the um, piano wires yep. is missing. So there's a scene where he's kind of sitting at the piano, like kind of lost in a daydream, playing it. But there's another one where he goes back and he's putting pushing the key, and it's just a thunk thunk. He looks and one of the piano wires is missing, which a piano wire doesn't fucking go missing. So that's another part, too, where you're like, okay, he's been in our house at this point. Yeah, I thought he was going to use it on the mistress, actually. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so so the piano wire comes back in uh, at this point here. Yeah, so he comes up behind the private detective and fucking strangles him with the piano wire. Yeah. Well, he, he starts to strangle him, but there is a struggle with the gun, and somehow he fucking shoots himself in the head. Yeah, the private. The, the investigator, the yeah. PI does. And then, so, Sam and Lee, 
the whole family's upstairs and hears this and runs down. And they find the maid murdered too, right? There's yeah. two bodies. Yeah. I didn't see how she got murdered. She was, just she was strangled with the piano wire, but she was pushed behind the island, so he didn't yeah. see it when the, the PI didn't see it when he first came in and sat down. So we see Katie running off, and then Sam, the great lawyer he is, decides to dive right into the puddle of blood and grab the Man. murder weapon with his hands. This like, went from one of my favorite scenes to. What the fuck are you doing? Why would you grab that fucking gun? Why dude? would you flee the scene? I was yes. so fucking pissed. I was like wanting to yell at the TV, like, okay, at this point, all you do is call fucking nine one one. You got him dead to rights. Yes, you have him dead to fucking rights. Uh, you're a fucking he's lawyer. Rolling around like a goddamn fish out of water in the blood, grabbing fucking murder weapons and wire and guns, and, and then he runs outside. He's a lawyer. It just starts shooting randomly into the neighborhood. Oh, that pissed me off. So this bad. was the one that really pissed me off. Like, you're a fucking lawyer. Yeah. Don't grab that yeah. gun. What are you doing? I don't care how much trauma and, and you know, stress you've gone through to this point. You, you're a fucking idiot, so. Okay, so then they flee, decide to go. Sorry, but I really got pissed off at that <laughs> point. <laughs> they decide to flee because I, don't, I forget his idiots. excuse. He's yeah. like, oh, uh, we got to give it time or something. Yeah, he tries to justify it, it when he makes a phone call to his lawyer buddy and... Oh, we're, we're fugitives, so we're doing something right. It's not going to look good right now. we got to give it time or something. So they go to Cape Fear, where their boat is. They think out in the water they'll be safe. Little do they know, Katie it can, as superhuman strength, is hanging on underneath <laughs> the car. Well, he did have, like, a strap around his yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, for, like, two hours. Yeah, but still, something. that's, yeah, you still have, you're, you're just balanced. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, all those, so. All those <laughs> dips in his prison cell paid off. They get out on the boat, and then, ah, oh, forget what Kitty does, how he shows up. Well, so they're loading the boat, and one of the people sees Katie, like, drop down from their Jeep, and then they load the boat up, and then he gives some cash to someone in a boat, so you have to assume that uh, he has the guy in the little fishing boat follow him out, and Katie, you know, swims out to the anchor rope or whatever. Right. But I forget how he shows up. They're out on the boat. Well, he, he takes the boat out there. They he hear has, a noise or something. The dad goes up. Oh, no. So he, um, yeah, so you see him paying some guy to bring him out in a little boat. So you have to assume he just hops in the water and, and waits until they anchor. So um, they're anchored up on the side of this river, which is, I've driven and been in houseboats multiple times on a steady lake and you use more than one anchor and tie off. He just throws one fucking anchor out on a moving river and it's when like, oh, we're a good. huge storm coming. Yeah, gale force winds and what's he called? A squall? Ah, it's just a squall. Yeah. But yeah, so Katie uh, climbs up the anchor rope. Yeah, but when does he make himself seen? This is the part I didn't Oh, so they're inside eating dinner and they hear a little noise. But at this point, it starts raining as well. So uh, Sam goes out and he says, I'm going to go check the anchor ropes. And he bends over to check the anchor rope and he stands up and then they go back in and you see uh, Lee. Oh, you know, we're out in the middle of nowhere. We're fine. And then it was a little bit of a swerve because you hear them, Sam, Sam. And then he walks by. He goes, oh, I can't hear you. It's windy out here. So they're like, oh, he's good. And then at that point, Katie is up on the upper deck of the houseboat 
and he somehow summons again superhuman strength and lifts a, a full man up in a headlock and puts him in the sleeper hold and knocks him out. Right. And he, he kind of rusts him up a little bit, right? No, he just, like, knocks him out, and then he drags him. Uh, he ties him up and drags him on to, like, he ties a portion him up. Yep, of the Because I remember deck. he's looking down through the vent. Yep. So then yep. Katie goes down into the cabin yep. where the daughter and the mom are, and he's, like, kind of chains him up, right? And it's like, take your clothes off. Take your clothes yeah. off. Well, he, at first, he takes Danny and puts her... Um, under like in the what is it like a closet or something a cupboard or whatever well, like yeah no like, that's what he does first yeah and then he takes um the mom the mom and uh, and he's like making out on the bed with her and, and she's and, pretending and she, yeah she's kind of like, it, like while she's crying the whole time yep. and then she goes for the gun and he like whoa you know catches her with that but at this point you see Sam open his eyes up and he's looking through the vent yeah so he's about to watch his. Yeah, which I don't know why at this point, like, I don't, I'm trying to figure out how long he's been awake. You'd think he'd be like trying to figure out how to take his shit off or move around and yeah, whatever. But that's why I thought he got hit in the head or something. Like I thought he was immobile. I don't really know. There's no blood to support that. But so uh, Katie goes and he drags him in by his hair. And that's when he, um, Sam's on the ground and that's when he throws Danny on the table and he's like yelling at her to take her clothes off. No, because Danny pops out of that closet with the lighter fluid. No, that's not at this point yet. Okay. So he, he's Danny's sitting on the table and telling her to take his clothes off. And at this point, Lee all of a sudden Gets goes loose. into a little bit of a monologue. And she starts saying how, oh, I know where you're going through. I've been there. Um, not the same that you have, but you and me are the same. You know, because basically he's trying to get Danny, he told Danny to take his clothes off and he's going to rape her in front of them. Yeah. And that's what they're going to, you know, they're going to witness. Which is pretty terrible. Whatever. Yeah. But Lee goes into this, um, you know, monologue, I guess, where she's trying to say, take me and not her because I can relate to you. We're one and the same. Yeah. So he kind of is like, oh, okay. So then he takes Danny and handcuffs her and, or, or he's about to, but he pulls out his cigar bites the tip of the cigar off and goes to light it. And then she pulls out. So when she was in the hold, she grabbed some lighter fluid and hit it. Um, you know, so there's this, the, all the cigars and everything kind of right. Seeing those play in, play into this part here. And he lights a cigar and she just blasts him with fucking lighter fluid. Right. And then he like falls out the window into the water or yep. something. Yeah. But you know, he's not down and out at this Cause point. Cause he's a, Jason Voorhees, slasher. Pretty much. But they think he's done, right? And then the storm is really raging right now. The boat. Yeah, so the first thing he did is he cut the the line once he, um, after he pulled uh, Sam up and put him in the sleeper hold. So this thing's just like, you know. It's about the tip. Rickshaw down the river. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, are they back outside? Or something. Somehow he comes back up from the grave. Yeah, well, he grabs on to the, um, uh, the, so there's the cut line. But, yeah, he grabs on to the cut line and comes aboard, and he's got the gun at this point. So. Yeah, and his face is all burnt. And yep. this is where we find out he doesn't feel pain. Yeah. Basically because of his dad being the preacher with the 
snake venom and stuff or i don't i don't understand how they justified it but yeah he's going crazy at this point because he's got um sam on his knees and he's basically he's trying to he's He's being a judge at this point bible verses and stuff well yeah it's it's more of him being a judge and he's trying to get him to confess for what he did so at this point you're you're i guess you don't technically know that katie knows about the report about the promiscuous i assumed we knew that after we found out he learned to read and that's why he's after him but he's like yeah confess your sins like i know what you did counselor type shit yeah do you do you uh swear to tell the truth the whole truth nothing but the truth yeah so help me god yeah but then the storm saves them basically right yeah so he's sam confesses to the report and you find out he's like yeah you know I, i i did bury it and it's because you raped and beat a 16 year old and he's all like your job was my lawyer you're supposed to uphold the law no matter what yeah um, which is true, technically. Yeah, for it's sure. As sad as that is. He should. In that case. Well, but, once again, he doesn't know for sure that he did that. I mean, he probably did. But yeah. Um, but so the boat is running over. They're in rapids at this point. So they're running over rocks and like fallen trees. And Katie gets kind of tossed. Um, so they kind of get loose. And he, a little fight ensues. Yeah. And he somehow is able to handcuff Katie's foot. To the boat. To the boat. To the broken yeah. boat. It's all busted up. Yeah. Uh, and I think the mom and daughter are on the shore. Yep. And that's what, like, Nick Nolte's character never really becomes a man. Like, his no, character doesn't. arc, he was a pussy the whole time. Yeah. And even in the end, he's like. Well, I mean, there, there's that point at the end where. So the chunk of the boat that breaks up, it lands Katie and Sam on a chunk of beach and Sam picks up a rock and he's going over and you finally think this is the the point where he's going to take that rock and just fucking smash his brains in. And that doesn't happen. Well, Sam never did anything to save him. The fucking storm saved him. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so right as he's about ready to smash the rock down, the chunk of boat that Katie's on drifts off and the movie basically ends with him going out to the middle of the uh, river and he's like spouting some random like literally going blah 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 just it's like some bible verse it's creepy well Well, he's like just like literally making nonsense at first yeah and then he's spouting spouting in some other stuff but he's handcuffed to the boat so he's yeah so he's slowly slowly so he slowly sees like hey going under which is pretty cool it's dope it's creepy yeah and then there was some kind of symbolic scene where Sam is washing the blood off of his hands. Yep. So like, I don't know what that means because he's basically, he yeah, got away well, with murder. You know, yeah. Of. You know, the blood's on your hands when you bury that report kind of thing. And yeah. He, he finally takes Katie out who we know for sure. There's no doubt at this point that he's a bad person. So he washes the blood off, and that's you know Katie's done, and it's that's it. But again, it's one of, we kind of joke about this before in that um, you know you're always like I wonder what happens because that's the movie ends at that point. 
but it's it's one of those things we've talked about before where like man i wonder what the next like day or two right. would have happened in that movie because prison, they've right. got a lot of shit they have yeah. to explain you know are they even going to be able to find his body and how are they going to explain everything at their house so you know that that part i got i thought was kind of funny so but um you know, overall, I, I'll say that it kind of makes me sad that this is a Scorsese film because pretty much everything he touches is gold. And this proves that, man, you need to stick to your 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 more crime mafia movies rather than trying to get into some kind of horror thriller. Although I did really like Shutter Island. I thought that was awesome. But yeah, um, it was kind of sad. I Man, like I said, the best part about this movie was was De Niro's performance. Otherwise, I was fairly unimpressed. It was long. Um, although, I will say for being over two hours long, it didn't seem that long. So, it's hard for me to say that, you know, they could have trimmed some off, which obviously they could have. But, you know, I really don't know what they could have trimmed off as far as to shorten it up. Right. You know, but um, I was a little disappointed it wasn't as, as, as good as, as I remember it being when I saw it all those years ago. I couldn't be behi- could get behind the performance of Nick Nolte as Sam Bowden and Lee, uh, played by Jessica Lange. That, that just didn't do it for me. You know, like you said, there's certain movies where that works in, but you really don't have any... There's no emotions tied to any of these characters, except maybe uh, Danny. But I never once in this movie felt that we were going to lose one of them. Like I knew, even though I'd seen this before, like even if it was a first time watch, you, I'm pretty sure people weren't like, Oh my God, they're going to die at the end. So it's the whole, it's the whole thing where you're not, you know, getting amped up and excited and, you know, climbing, climbing, climbing until you get to the end to find out if they're going to live or die. It's like, you're at a steady pace going through this movie and you know that the good guys are going to win at the end. That's the way I felt. This movie didn't do a good job as far as trying to, you know, make you wonder if someone's going to die or not kind of thing. So, yeah. What do you give it? I don't know. What about you? Do you have any, any final thoughts on it? I actually liked it more than you, I think. Yeah. But I think I kind of, after starting to watch, I was like, oh, this this is a slasher. Yeah. So maybe I just came at it like that. It it played itself more seriously than a slasher. But I think especially that final scene was so unsettling. Like, he's about to rape, yeah, rape see, this girl. I never for everybody. one second felt that he was actually going to do it. Yeah. Which is, you know, kind of difficult for me to say since I had seen it before. But even still, like, I don't think the movie does a good job of trying to portray that. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. It, it still, is, I think, it's very unsettling. I think it any, is. anytime I mean, De Niro is on screen, you're just a little bit like unsettled. But oh, for sure, he he he's just steals. everyone else is so fucking stupid compared to him. Yeah. But I just went into like, okay, it's a slasher. So if you look at it that way, I think you can be a little more lenient on it. But it did yeah. take itself a lot more seriously. And I probably didn't do myself any favors in expecting more out of a Scorsese and De Niro. Right. You know. So. All right. What did you give it? I gave it a six and a half. I gave it a seven. Yeah. I think it's worth a watch. It is a little long. And yeah. it's not pure horror. If that's the right no, terminology. It's- 
But it, it's a crime mystery thriller. It's scary. He is. I think he is a slasher killer because he's always beating them. He's always smarter than everybody. Yeah. He's always faster than everybody. Stronger than everybody. He can't die. He doesn't feel pain. Yeah. But yeah, I give it a seven. All right. Yeah, that that was um, Cape Fear. You know, I, I I was hoping for more out of it, but it it's still. Yeah, I mean it's it's well done. There's a awesome performance by Robert De Niro's Max Cady. There's that scene alone, man. If you don't watch the movie, just Google that auditorium scene could, because in that ten to fifteen minute scene, um, I think that encompasses the whole theme of the movie. I mean, you get an idea as far as his character and his intentions, and ooh, yeah, yeah, he's does a good the job. I think his accent is like almost over the top on purpose. Yeah, I can see that. But he, he calls himself a southern redneck. What, and he makes sure to call everybody else like, you white trash piece of shit. Like he's yeah. a little insecure about yeah. how people think he's dumb, but he's really smart. Yeah. But all right, let's end the first part of this. Yeah. All right, folks, tune in shortly for part two. And we're going to wrap the show up with our next movie devil's candy talk about our segment next week so wrapping up this show i hope it was as good for you as it was for us boom mm, that was incredible is it good for you <laughs> i've had better <laughs> 